that said, is the Taylor Swift concert finished yet? I've been seeing that for like two weeks straight, I feel like. I just had no idea, you know, I, I remember it was going around, they had all the Ticketmaster stuff, and, and it's like, oh cool, like Taylor Swift's just selling out arenas. I, just, I didn't know how long and how big this show was, and, um, and, and how much it was going to change everybody's lives, right? It's like been the most important event in people's lives. Did you get down, Dave? Did you get down? You did not? Oh, man. I checked, um, and you know, Bella's, Bella's home, she's like, how, how come we're not going? So, I don't know, we didn't get tickets. I, I, it came and went, I don't know, the site broke, I haven't even been looking, it hasn't been on my radar. And we looked one night, and it was like 800 bucks for like behind the stage, and I was actually like, huh, not that bad. Like, <laughs> that's kind of where it's been at. And I'm realizing you're, we're, you know, watching social and talking to people, and like, everyone somehow seems like they've gone. Like, if you're not doing something, it seems like everyone else is. It's like, everyone else is gone. Not everyone else is gone. Everyone else seems to have gone for free or didn't pay for it or had some kind of hookup. And I wouldn't judge you if you, you, know, you did pay for it. Obviously, like manage your money well. As, as long as the tickets were less than what you give to church over an entire year, then it's okay. <laughs> if it's more, you have to you know, rework some priorities. But here's the thing. Like, with so many people going to see Taylor Swift around us for free or because they have hookups, why did anyone not seriously think of Dave Affman? I mean, this guy performs Taylor Swift covers in front of live audiences year-round. Is that true? Yeah. He should have been there, if anyone else, right? This guy should have at least been there, if not somehow part of the show. So if she comes around again, when she comes around again, those of you who are in kind of the mix, this is the guy. He should be there. Uh, but I do love, I love seeing it. It was fun, just fun to watch little bits of it. I love a good sing-along, right? If you've been there or you've been to these kind of events and there's just such a connection in the room or in this arena. And people are connecting with the artist, they're connecting in song, with the song, with the lyric. Uh, they're connecting to one another. And I, and I read this quote from, from Taylor Swift that I, I thought was actually pretty, pretty interesting, fairly powerful. And she says, people haven't always been there for me, but music always has. And I think that feels like something many of us can relate to, or, or could have related to at one point in your life. Right? Whether it's just putting in your AirPods and getting a song, or, or, or if you're back in the day, maybe you put on a record, or you're driving in your car feeling in a, a period of time where just feeling alone and isolated and disconnected. But you could put on a song, you put on some kind of music and, and, you, and you feel like it understands you. It feels like it sort of speaks your language and you, and you could feel a comfort and a peace in that. But there's this transcendent moment in the presence of song or an art, or an art form. And God, if we think about God, is, is, he's certainly in song, uh, the architect of music and, and sound and, and notes and melodies. And often moments you know, like that, like those kind of big transcendent moments, we, we, we feel something unique. And we've talked about that here in the past as we, as we try to understand what it means to feel God. Well, we kind of know, right? Maybe that's been a sporting event or a concert. You feel something that, that's outside the moment, right? It's beyond flesh and blood and water and, and sinew. There's something, something going on, right? And God is in these moments. And there's an opportunity for us as, as believers, those trying to experience God, to, to sort of tap into God in those ways. If we can feel it in one way, I think we can feel it with God. We can feel it in the divine. Right? We're just being immersed in his presence might make us feel better or more secure. And sometimes we can find that in the midst of worship. Right? I, love, I love listening to worship in, in the musical sense. I'm an advocate of including listening to worship in your, in your rhythm of your life, even if like, I don't really like it. Like It's important. I just believe that. It puts, it puts music and, and sound and, and language to these prayers. Right? The, 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 the saints of, uh, forever have been using music as a way to connect with God. 
Right, so it's important, and we're privileged this day and age, right? We, we, have, we have all kinds of access to all kinds of music and, and every worship artist we can think of. Right? I could go at home and be like, oh, Alexa, play worship, and it's artists from all over the country, if not the world. Right? But we're also, also, you and I, when it thinks to thinking of worship or hearing from God or experiencing God, we're also really picky these days. Right? Even me, I'll be listening like, in, in a moment of kind of worship, and, and a song will come on that I don't like. I'll be like, Alexa, skip. Right? And it's nothing against God or the band or the words, but I just can't do that. I can only imagine a song anymore. But we're privileged in that way. Maybe spoiled in that way. Probably some of the more spoiled people in the universe. We're just sort of generations of consumers right now like no other. Right? And the saints before us, again, they encountered God in hymns and in hums. They, they encountered God in silence and in washing dishes. And we have everything just sort of tailored, tailored made to our likings. Like bespoke Christianity. Here's how I want it to look like. Here's how I want it to sound. Here's what God means to me. Right? And we hear what we want to hear. And when it comes to kind of hearing God's voice, we, we, we hear what we want to hear in, in life. Right? We tune out what we don't, we don't want to hear. Right? We tune out what we don't like. Right? Unless it's like a spouse, then you really dial in the sounds you don't like. Like super, super hearing to things you don't like. Your spouse eating an apple or something. I was in the, gosh, in the bathroom the other day, and, and in our living room, he was on the couch. I go to the bathroom, I'm washing my hands, I come out, she's like, too aggressive. I'm like, what? Too aggressive? She said, it sounds like you were taking a bath in the sink. I'm like, I was washing my hands. But all she could hear was me making noise in the bathroom, and it was like this, this loudest thing in the world. But sometimes we could actually help point out good things, point out something good that we didn't notice. Think about being maybe in a restaurant or you're just out walking around and someone says, oh, I love this song. And you didn't know that song was on. Like you weren't listening to the song. Oh, yeah, now I hear it. Or you're with someone who's like, oh, that smells so good. You're like, what? And you're like, oh, yeah, it does smell good. Because we can help one another, right, alert ourselves and awaken these senses to these things around us, good and bad, right, negative and positive. But people in community, when we get together here or, 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 or in groups, or if you're having coffee with someone who's uh, another sort of spiritual maybe help to you, we can help one another awaken the senses to the divine, to, to God. Right? I, I hope to do some of that in the morning in a brief, brief way, right? Something to think about God. Right? But in all that, right, if there is a God, I would start everything with if there is a God, because you have to recon reconcile that first in your mind. If there is a God and he does speak, like, how do I hear from him? In all the clutter of my mind, in all the clutter of the world, right, if and when he does speak, what should I even expect? And some of us are really fluid in, in, in the language of God. You, you, we all know these people. Like, oh, yeah, I was just walking. I heard from God the other day. God spoke to me the other day. God led me to do this. And it, that's awesome. But it could also be intimidating if you, don't, if you feel like, I don't understand that. I don't get that. I don't know what it sounds like. How do I know if it's him? Maybe I don't want to hear from him. What's he going to say? It can be scary, and yet we know through our text and just through our tradition, it's so important for us to spend time and get to know God's voice. In the Old Testament, this primarily, God primarily spoke through the prophets. He, he would speak to a prophet, and the prophet would speak to the people. And these are all these, these kind of crazy stories. This is, this, is even, this is Moses, right? In the burning bush, God had this encounter with Moses. Moses would go to the mountain. Moses would go into the tabernacle. Moses would come out and then speak to the people. God primarily would speak through a prophet, a voice piece. We speak to one person. In the New Testament, this began to expand. He began to speak through Christ, the life of Christ. God spoke his word 
Right? Christ is the living word of God. And then the apostles, right? He, Jesus handed off some of this uh, ability and his, his authority to the apostles who began to speak and preach and teach. And there's this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, and now we have this direct passageway, pathway to God. He can speak to us without a mediator. Right? We can go to the word without someone having to interpret it for us. Though it can be helpful. For years in the church, it was, it was all locked up on stage. Who can read the Bible? Who can understand the Bible? Who can connect with God? Who can hear from God? But that's been blown wide open now. We have direct access, activated by the Holy Spirit, to the word of life, to the text, to, to a whisper. And we can hear from God in so many different ways. And this is, this is through creation. Right? These are those moments that you're out and, and, and maybe just on a walk or the beach or the mountains or the stars. The, word, the text says that God actually can speak through creation. He is speaking through creation. It's like, well, how do I hear, hear God? But it seems like there's all these ways. Like, I don't know how, how I can hear God. But in some ways, it's almost like, how can you not hear God? If he is who he says he is, and his word has been illustrated in all these different ways, through the life of his son, through creation, through the text, right? through one another, the Holy Spirit, he is speaking. It just may not sound like what we're listening for. We maybe have slowly kind of tuned it out. We're just not dialing in that. We have other things we're listening to. There's this term that uh, big events, particularly like Hollywood events, that my wife always seems to be involved in, and sometimes I get to go to. But you know, you're in that big auditorium, and there's people at tables and the dinner thing, and there's there's announcer on the house speaker, right? And on the show notes of the programming, this is called the what? The voice of God, the VOG, the VOG. And we don't know where it's coming from. You don't necessarily know who it is. But they have some authority in this space, in this sort of big booming voice, to inform and direct. And sometimes we're looking for God to be that. But the fact of the matter is, this is not often how God communicates. He can. It just generally doesn't work that way. The invitation we have through Jesus is far more relational right, than someone we don't know where they are. We don't know what they're going to say. They're sort of hold, holding all the cards. Right, we've entered into relationship through Jesus with God. Like Jesus talks about eternal life as knowing the Father. It's not a place somewhere else, far off in the distance. It's getting to know the Father. It's access to the Father. David, uh, Old Testament character, man after God's own heart, uh, the text says. And David's famous for many things, right? Goliath, and, and, and he was a king. He brought Israel, Israel to greatness. One of the central characteristics around the life of David, if we talk about conversation with, with, with God, was his inquiries of the Lord, his questions of the Lord. Time again, time and time again, David would go to the Lord, go to God and say, ask a question. Without prompting of God, as far as we can tell, often it looks like this. He might get word of something and, oh, the Philistines are, are attacking so-and-so. David would be, David being the king, okay, maybe I should do something, maybe I should. What he does is he goes to the Lord and says, Lord, should I go into battle? God, should I go into battle? God, do you want me to go? Oh, someone's fleeing. God, should I pursue? And he inquires as a, a, a shepherd, as a warrior, as a king. He went to God first with these questions. Went to God with these questions. What should I do? God, should I, God, should I go try uh, attack him from the front? God's like, no, no, no. This time, go, go from behind. Right? He can see something. Oh, gosh, I do it. Mm, actually, don't do it this time. Let that pass. And I love that for you and I, this sort of question of God. How often do we question God about our decisions? I don't know. Maybe you do it all day long. Maybe you rarely do it, unless it's like a really big problem. But that's part of our rhythm with God. 
Right? These questions, this question holds up. Should I go into battle? Think about how many times in your day, right, whether it's with a, a peer or someone at work, it, it's, it's a family member, it's your kids, where you oh, I have to do something about this. What if we took a moment and said, Lord, should I go into battle here? Should I get involved in, in, in this right now? Okay, I should, how should I? How should I? David relied on that. David was a talented guy on his own right. He had a good mind, a, a body, soul, but he relied on God for, for guidance. And he would ask God questions often. And asking God questions didn't mean he, he, was, he was weak. He just recognized there may be a greater wisdom than my own. And asking the right person, if we have questions about life, if you, um, you know, maybe you're at like Home Depot or Lowe's and you have questions, right? Like, I don't know where this is. And you find someone who knows exactly where it is. You go, oh, I feel good. I feel secure. I feel comfort. If you ask someone who has no idea, you're like, ah, oh, this adds to the chaos. When we go to God with questions, he, he knows. He may not always answer how you like or when you like, but he knows. He's a person to go to a question with questions. Right, this is part of our relationship with God. This is recognizing our God. Um, I think I'm going to have a worship team come in a minute, but I just saw Jet leave, so I guess I'll keep going. Uh, you, can come, you can come up, Michelle. This will be kind of a two-part... Uh, no, you're good, dude. I, I, I'm going to go for a minute longer. We want to actually leave some time at the end of service just for practice, just being present with God. And conversation with God is, 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 an, is an encounter. It's an encounter with God. And we don't always think of it that way. Some of us will run through our prayer list. Okay, good. But to sit down and, and begin to listen, to speak, to be present is an encounter with, with God. It's a divine. And God's presence to you and I is continually available, which is incredible to think about. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to be with anyone. It's continually available. And the way of Jesus is, is not about striving and working for that. It's about relaxing into it. There's a comfort, the presence of God, the eternal. When I sit with God, when I go to God first, or I realize, you know, I'm, my mind is spinning out of control, and I just relax into God, I relax into Jesus, I relax into God's goodness, I feel like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Right? When I'm present enough to realize, I need this, I need this. For me, a lot of times, that starts with silence. It starts with silence. I just start with some silence. I just try to, I just try to clear. I feel something come in. I, I maybe I deal with it and try to push it. I try to establish some form of silence as I encounter with God. I don't come in with all the lists first. I just sort of just be there. And as things come up, I'm, I'm having to sift in and out. I was reading uh, something about a study of the brain, neuro, neuroscience, and this neuroscientist established that the two most important parts of the day for the brain are the first thing and the last thing you think about. It sets a, a tone for development. It, it sets your neural pathways on a way. It, it sets your consciousness. The first and last thing you think about. I, I'm not perfect at that. Because a lot of times like, you wake up like, oh, what do I have? And the last thing is like, whatever's on Netflix. But that's not really healthy, maybe. So I think about establishing times of just silence. Paul calls it renewing the mind. I'm just going to breathe in some silence. So we're going to close out in song. And I just want to give this time, the next few minutes to you, to, just to be wherever you need to be. To be silent, maybe to ask a question, maybe just to read, maybe to sing. And maybe to get something off your heart before God. Here's a question you have for God that you've been afraid to ask. Don't be. 
Or maybe there's just something you've been bearing. I, I don't know. But I know these times through the work of the Holy Spirit can be super illuminating. So I'm just going to pray for us. And again, just, just going to be present for a few moments as we close out uh, service. God, thank you for your presence here now. Thank you for the work you're doing in this moment. I just ask for more of that Holy Spirit come. Uh, just anoint this time.